Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. When did the apostles and the disciples, when did the disciples get born again? I'll show you in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, look in verse 20, we'll begin there. John 20 says this. You know, something I have found is teaching like this can be kind of like a mind bomb in some areas of our life. Some things start, the dots start trying to start connecting. And I want us to show you, I want to show you something because we're talking about pursuing the person of Christ. But I have to lay a foundation so that we can pursue him properly with an understanding. So we can begin to pursue after him and not just after the goosebumps. We're trying to pursue after him, not for when we need something. We're pursuing after him in a greater way so we can know him, so we can present him to the world, so we can, be, so we can witness or testify of him everywhere that we go because you are a living testimony of the very power and the presence and the essence of God working through you, with you, around you. You're a, a, a preacher of righteousness, so to speak, to this world. So important. I'm going to begin reading to John 20, 19 first. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is risen from the dead. He's crucified. We celebrated Easter. We're in this 40-day period coming into 50 days, uh, which is Pentecost, which is coming up really soon, the end of the month. And we're in this time of the feast. And, and so here Jesus is. He's risen from the dead. He's just risen from the dead. And The Bible says in verse 19, then on the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. I like that. Hey, guys, peace. Uh, Isn't that funny? Uh, Think about that. Jesus shows up and he says, hey, peace, man. Be with you. I love that. They're in there. They're afraid. And and they're, they're thinking, man, we're next. Think about it. That's what they were thinking. That's why they was hiding. Because they've been with Jesus, hanging out with Jesus. Everybody knows it, and they're busted, man. They, I mean, Jesus got crucified. And they are hiding for fear of the Jews. And what's going to happen next? And they said, Jesus shows up and says, peace be with you. And when he, showed, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the Bible says that they were overjoyed. When they saw the Lord, they were glad, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And so Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed upon them and said unto them, receive the Holy Ghost. You see that? Receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I have one simple question for you. I'll probably make the statement, but I want you to think about this. We read a minute ago out of Romans chapter 10, it says, how are we saved? Well, we confess the Lord Jesus. We confess that Jesus is Lord. Is that right? That Jesus is Lord. Why? Because we know, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. He's alive, correct? That's what that means. If we're going to believe that Jesus is raised from the dead, we're saying that he's alive and that he is Lord. 
He is the Son of God. He is the Christ. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is he's the one that is, is sent by God to redeem humanity. The price paid, and we believe and we receive upon that. And then what happens? The Holy Ghost does the, does the work. Jesus breathed upon his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. If all it was was to receive the Holy Spirit and to be saved, he'd have never told them to go now, wait in Jerusalem. Or maybe it didn't take. Maybe, that was, maybe that's why he said to tell them now. You know, I guess the first time I breathed on you here after I've been raised from the dead and you see me and here's my hands, my side and everything. And, uh, you know, uh, you say, oh, Lord, hey. You know, overjoyed the Lord is here. And I guess I breathed upon you the Holy Spirit. Well, that didn't work. I have to do it again. So let's go. I'm, but I'm going to have to go away now and I'm going to send you the, are you with me? You see, if you read verse 23, it starts making sense. He even says now, if you... I like this. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And he starts talking to them like saved people. Remember, he already said the world can't receive. But people who do receive Jesus as Lord can receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that something? Think about it. The world can't receive him. But those who can receive him are those who believe upon the Lord Jesus. And here he is, he, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After he's raised from the dead, they know that he is Lord. They've been with him for three and a half years. He breathes upon them to receive the Holy Spirit after the resurrection. The Holy Spirit does regeneration of the, inside their spirit. They go into Jerusalem. They're waiting for the promise after so many days. During the 40 days, the Bible says that he's with them after this moment because this is the same day he rose from the grave. After he breathes upon them, the Bible says that he, for 40 days he teaches them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then uh, you can read that out of Acts chapter 1. And so uh, he's, he's teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And the Bible says at their... 40 days, he ascends into heaven. And for 10 days, uh, on that 40th day when he ascends into heaven, he tells them, he commanded them to go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise that you've heard of me. Because he talked to them about being empowered with the Holy Spirit, the very person of Christ. These guys already believed Jesus rose from the dead. They knew he was alive. They've received the Holy Spirit on the day that he rose from the grave with Jesus present. Jesus departs just as he said he would do. And then he tells him, he says, now I'm going to depart, but I'm going to leave one that's going to stay with you forever. And he's not just going to be with one of you in one location like Jesus could be physically in one place with one person in one location. No, the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at all times with each and every one who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a difference. Did you know you can be saved but yet not baptized in the Holy Spirit? You say, how can that be? Well, let's just look in the Bible because that's what the Bible says. It's not what I think. It's what the Bible tells us. How do we know that this is true and how does this take place? Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit, when he does his part in salvation, he regenerates us. We become born again, working with the word of God that we have received and believed upon. 
And I want you to think about this. How do we receive, first of all, how do we begin to experience and to pursue after Christ? How do we begin to, to receive this? And, and I'm going to show you several things throughout this teaching today. Galatians chapter 3 says it like this. Galatians 3, verse 3 says this. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we begin to pursue after Christ, pursue after the very Spirit of God in a relationship that each and every one of us can personally have? We talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus. We're talking about having a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, which is Christ manifested in us. Think about it. Galatians 3.3 says this. It says, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? He says this. He says, look in verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be though in vain? Keep going, please. I'm going to read it off the screen. He therefore that ministered to you the spirit and work in miracles. Did he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, I want you to think about this for a moment here. He tells us, in, uh, in Galatians, he tells us, how did, how did we receive the Spirit? Did we do it by the works, or did we do it by the hearing of faith? How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Was it by doing the works, or was it by the hearing of faith? Did we receive the Holy Spirit by what we done? Or did we receive it by the works or the hearing of faith? Galatians 3.2 says this. It says, this is what I want you to learn. Did you receive? Galatians 3.2 says, I want you to learn this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Did you do it by works or did you do it by the hearing of faith? How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Think about this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by works or by the hearing of faith? Now, that's an important part. Because there's a lot of things in our religious ideas oftentimes that are brought into us through concepts and ideas, sometimes teachings and other things, by conversations that lend to our understanding that the Holy Spirit's work was in salvation and salvation alone. That we really don't need anything other than that. But I'm going to tell you this, we need a whole lot more than that. Because this isn't just to save us personally. Thank God we're saved personally. But it's not just for us. And I don't believe personally, if I, if I say it like this, it's kind of selfish for us to keep it our, just for ourselves and to think this whole thing's about us, don't you? Because Jesus said it like this. He said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come, come upon you. Authority, ability to power, authority in the Spirit. That you might be a witness unto me. Everywhere that you go, if I can use that terminology, You see, the end of being filled with the Holy Spirit is not also just praying in other tongues. Praying in other tongues is what we find in the biblical evidence of a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
Not the regeneration of salvation. You can be saved and not baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that show us in, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And one of these scriptures that we have concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and again, I'm, I, I, there's a lot I'm going to be teaching. I'm not going to teach it all in this session today, but I will be picking this up in our next session. But I want to show you just a couple of things here. The Bible tells us that in the book of Acts, we see different things take place. And we know and see, for instance, in Acts chapter 19, where Paul says, speaking of the Holy Spirit of God, he says in Acts chapter 19, he comes across some people and they have been saved and water baptized. And he asked them, he says, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we've not even heard that there be any Holy Spirit. We, we don't understand that part of it. We've been baptized and water baptized. We've, we've we believe on the Lord Jesus. We know he's crucified, raised from the dead. And we've been water baptized. And he said, well, that's great. That's awesome. But have you received the Holy Spirit since then? And the Bible says he laid hands on them that he, they might receive the Holy Spirit. There's another time in the book of Acts chapter 8. Again, I'm going to be teaching on some of these things later on too. That reveals and talks about how that when Philip went down to Samaria, he went preaching. And he preached to them and they received and were water baptized. Every one of them in the city. And when the apostles heard that they had received Christ and been water baptized, they received the word of God. They sent unto him Peter and John, which came to them, the Bible says, and when they came to him, they said, hey, this is awesome, it's great. He says, now we're going to pray that you receive the Holy Spirit, that you be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As some believers, they might, might question, they think, well, why do I need that? Well, again, it's not just for you. You see, we have to come out of a place where we're not just trying to get our will done, just trying to get ourselves saved, but we need to understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for greater purposes as well. Not only for us to have a personal relationship and have communion in and out with the Lord God through the very Spirit of God and being filled and refreshed with the Holy Spirit. I want us to look just for a moment here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, verse 18. It says there, and some people know it for other reasons. But it says there, it says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is his excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit. That word filled there means to be being filled. It means to be being filled. It means to be being filled. You know, a lot of times people use natural things to try to find some calmness in their life. Even Christians. They turn to various things, whatever it might be, whether it be alcohol or drugs or other things of that nature, just trying to find some type of calmness, something that calm, calms the carnal soul. 
I need to relax a little bit. So I'm going to do this. Listen, I'm not against relaxing, putting your feet up and all of that. But I'm going to tell you the best place you can be in a relaxation and a calmness of mind is going to be in the place of the Spirit. When you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, you begin to be filled and be being filled with the Holy Spirit in a continual basis, walking in that place. I tell you, there's a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus even said, hey, my peace I'm going to leave with you. Not the peace as the world gives, I give to you. And he's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, about being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're called to be, be being filled. That means that it's a continual thing on a daily basis. Be being filled. Be being in that place of his presence. Be being on the other line, just hearing to him breathe. Just pursuing at the very person of Christ that we might know him and to know his will. The Bible says that we have his spirit, that we can know what's in the mind of God. How do you know what's in the mind of God concerning your everyday life and the things that you wanted, that you feel like God would have you to do? What directions to go? Is by be being filled, by walking in that place, by stirring your, your pure mind up, by getting in the place that you're pursuing after Christ by getting him on the other line, by praying in the spirit, by getting yourself in the right place, by not seeking other things. Are you hearing me today? Oh, it's so important. We need to be refreshed. You're not going to do that at a conference or through special speakers. We're talking about every day. Oftentimes we try to get a call, go to different things and, oh, I just need, you know. Listen, you can have that every day. You can have that every day with the very person of the Holy Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God, Emmanuel, God with us, the very impre- uh, uh, possession of the Holy Spirit working in you and you and him. Being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. See, oftentimes, we still like to be in control of our salvation, control of what God will do and will not do in our life. Yeah, we have a will that can do that. But are we willing to surrender to God, to the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to surrender our life to Christ? You know... Jude one twenty says this. Jude one twenty says this. It says, praying in the Holy Spirit. It says, you recharge yourself, you refresh yourself when you pray in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be praying in the Holy Spirit? It means to, that your spirit is praying not in a language that is common to your own mind. You know, Paul said it like this. He says, when I, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. See, oftentimes we think, well, that, that makes me feel funny. I don't, know what, I don't know an unknown tongue, but that's the good news. You don't know it. That's why it's called unknown. If somebody knew it, it wouldn't be called unknown. And an unknown tongue is not a known tongue. Think about it. And not just to the hearer, but to all. To be honest with you, it says that when you pray in tongues that you do not speak unto men but unto God. So the whole concept, well, I believe the Holy Spirit will give me the ability to pray uh, uh, in a, another language for somebody else's benefit. Now, he might do something supernatural in a, in a moment and open up the hearing ear of a person, but it doesn't mean you're praying in that language. Are you hearing me? 
How do I know that? Well, you just read the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Just for a moment here, look in Acts chapter 2. We're talking about pursuing after the person of Christ. He said, why is this important? Because we're opening ourselves up to the very person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't supposed to be way out there or just there to make us feel good or there just to do what we want, when we want, or how we want. We're, we're called to wake up every day and just figure, to, to seek the will of God, to be open, to be a witness to every person around us, to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that there is no fear. Right of the, One of the reasons why Jesus did what he did on that day, immediately he said, hey, I'm going to bring some peace into this room because y'all are a bunch of fearful people and you're afraid you're going to be crucified as I was crucified, but I'm going to bring a presence of peace here that overwhelms you by the Holy Spirit of God through a salvation that's going to deliver you so that now you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So now you are a new kind of creature, a new kind of creation that's in this world because you are an eternal being, and this thing is not going to end uh, whenever you pass away. No, that's just the beginning. And what we do right now in this life will transfer over and we will stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ and receive reward or not for what we have done. And we will not be living in heaven forever. There will be a new heaven and new earth. Oh, praise ye the Lord. And so there is something greater than what we're doing right now, than what we're living for now. And that is to know him and he know us and to pursue after his heart and to know his will and to do his will. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to us. It doesn't make sense because that's not how the world works. They seek their own righteousness, their own way, their own wants, their own desires, their own will. But the Bible says, Jesus said, follow after me. Take up your cross. As a believer, to be empowered with the Holy Spirit of God on a daily basis, refreshing yourself, recharging yourself, to do the will of God, to stand in the way, to walk in the place that he'd have you to go. Jude 1.20 says this. And I like Jude. It's very long. It's one chapter. Verse 20. It says, when you pray, it tells us that we should building up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, this is the area that is so important to us because oftentimes we feel like giving in, we feel like quitting, we feel like our faith is weak. Well, how do you build yourself up in faith? Praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build yourself up? And believing God and believing what he has said will come to pass and standing in the place that you need to stand in to clear all the garbage out of your soul that is overwhelming your mind about life and about you and about direction, about your future, about life. Uh, you know, like I'm getting old or I'm this, that, and the other or whatever it might be. Well, you purify your thoughts. How do you do that? Just take time and pray in the Holy Spirit. Get all of that nonsense quiet because you're, listen, you're an eternal being. You've got a lot to live for. You know, we're talking about pursuing the person of Christ. These things that he gives to us to help us in, in this life now, some of these things will not be transferred over in eternity. 
You know, I had somebody ask me, say one time, they said, well, what language does God speak? Well, Paul clarified that in 1 Corinthians. He clarified that in 1 Corinthians when he said, I do not speak in tongues of men alone. He says, I speak in tongues of, he said this, he says, I speak in tongues of men and of angels. What, is, what language does angels speak? Where does angels come from? Where do they live? They live with God, don't they? They come from heaven, is that right? Does angels come from heaven? Paul said, I, I speak of t- with tongues of men and of angels. That's the heavenly language. And that's exactly when we pray in the Spirit, no man understands you, how be it in the Spirit, you speak mysteries. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, it says that when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you have been baptized in the Holy There is a prayer life that we have that is, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit works through your spirit, praying out the very perfect will of God. That's why it's so important to just take time and pray in the Spirit. You won't even know why you're praying over in your own mind. Why? Because most of the time, even Romans 8 says it like this, you don't understand how you ought to pray. Romans 8, 26, can you put that up there? It says that you don't know how you ought to pray. And it tells us that the Holy Spirit will begin to pray through you with groanings that cannot be uttered. It says that his purpose is to couple with us to help. Remember, he's a helper because you don't know how to pray like you ought to. We'd like to throw out prayers there just to say, okay, here's God, I, 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 you know, I need it, I want it, I hope it, you know, and can you help it? You know what I mean? But he's already given you a helper who understands the very will and mind of God that can pray the very manifestation of the will of God into that area. And then he will make known to you what that will is, not necessarily in the, in, the, in the full direction and all the process and how that's going to happen, everything that's going to take place, but oftentimes he'll give you a knowing in the spirit that, hey, it's going to be all right. He'll give you a peace on the inside of you, and you'll go, all right, God's got this. I don't know exactly how he's got it, but he's got it. Praise the Lord. I know it's going to come to pass because it's his will. We used to call that praying through. Anybody ever heard that terminology, praying through? I remember years ago, my dad would say things like, you know, I just prayed through, you know, and I'd be like, prayed through what, you know? I didn't understand. But that's taking the time to pray through to the confidence comes on the inside of you that it's done, it's met, it's over, right? We got, we got it. Glory to God, don't know exactly. You don't have to say it because you just got it. You just know it. You broke through. There's a joy that comes. There's a peace that comes. It's done. It's over with. It's, we got that, whatever it is. If not, you need to continue to pray in that area. If it's not done yet, it's not done yet. That means you're, you're still baking. Uh, it's still in the oven. You still need to just continue to pray into that area and pray over that area and just continue to pray into that area because it's not finished with you. Because, listen, we are a work in progress. We need to, co- to completely, we need to constantly be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to know the will and the outcome. And there's a lot of things that are in life that you're going to go from one faith to another faith to another glory to another glory in your walk with God that it's not going to end with this story that you're going through right now in this moment. There's another coming. There's another thing going to happen after that. And there's another generation you're going to be training up to follow after those things. And we're not just doing this thing for ourselves, there's another generation we got to prepare and to equip, and we're walking out and working out and showing them. Come on, we're saving the lost, discipling the, the saved. And the key when it comes to the pursuit of the Holy Spirit is desire to know Him, 
to pursue according to knowledge, to receive that which he says we can have so we can do the things we cannot do without him. So we can be what we can be. Listen, you might be great without that and other things, but how much more could you be with that? Are you hearing me? And it might be that he wants you to be doing something else than you are doing. To have greater effect. You know, it's so important that we begin to pursue the person of Christ. What can you expect to receive? One, you're going to, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God will come inside of you. There's going to be peace, joy, righteousness in the Holy Ghost. You say, well, will he have me do things I don't want to do? There's a lot of things I do that I, and, 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 you know, I, I don't even know what you mean by that. Think about it. If, if we think that way, then we're very limiting what the will of God will come to pass in our life because the will of God might super exceed anything that you've ever thought of before for your life. He might want to do things in you that, that you could never even see yourself doing. He might want to do things in your life that you never dreamed of yet, that he wants to show you. But we're unwilling to do things outside of what we can control or what is our character or, or what. And, and he's never going to do, and he, let me just tell you, whatever you yield to is what's going to take place. But if we do not yield to the Holy Spirit, yes, he's a gentleman. Yeah, he's not going to come in and just make it happen. That's why we have to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. We have to learn to say, okay, I'm going to pursue after you. I'm going to allow you. I'm going to follow you. You know, how do we begin this pursuit? Well, it's opening a heart and saying, God, I just, I want to know you. I, I want to be filled. I, I don't want to be the same as I was I came in here today. I don't want to be the same as, I'm, as I hear and I'm, I'm seeing tonight, to, on, you know, that I'm listening to. I want, I, want, I want to receive everything that you have for me. I want to know you more. I don't want to miss you in any area of my life. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow after you. I want you to be close to me. I want to be close to you. I love you. I need you. I tell you, there's something very attractive when towards somebody who, who you know, you, you, you feel like they need, come on, that you're, you're valuable to them. You ever notice that? If, if, if you feel valued, I tell you, the Holy Spirit feels that way. Where do you think we get our feelings from? Remember, God's the one that created. The Bible says he feels angry, he feels grieved, he feels joy, peace. All of these things is in him, and he can, he can put that into you as well. When you need to be lifted out of places in your life where you're saddened and distraught, the Bible says, Weeping will come for a moment, but joy will come in the morning. When your life feels like it's just a heap of ashes, the Bible says he'll, he'll take those ashes and he will beautify you. He'll bring something beautiful out of all of that. We're, we're the ones that, that 
have this relation in our mind, you know, society or whatever it might be tries to put on us. You might have been through a divorce and you feel like you're carrying a, a big weight about something. You might have had faults and failures, failed here and there, failed in business, failed in marriage, failed in life, failed with everything. Listen, and, and we, 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 we put these things on and, and, and they get on to, to us as people and, and because oftentimes we're wondering what society thinks about us. But when we begin to say, God, you know, that, that really don't matter. What do you think? God, I need, to, I need you to do something in my life that beautifies my life. That's, that, I want to be what you want me to be. You know, some of the best stories I've ever heard with people have come out of these kind of things and begin to go, you know, that's not, that's not what I identify with. That's not who I am. Yeah, I've had that. I was that way. I did this. I remember years ago, a gentleman came up to me. I was in my early 20s, and I was working at a place called GATX Corporation. And this guy walks in, and all of, there's, there's a big meeting going on, and they're having a safety meeting. So everybody in the whole company was all gathered around this table, and I'm uh, 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 locking up, supervising some stuff. Anyhow, so I was locking some, some gates up for the meeting and closing some shop up, and we're having this meeting at the end of the day. And I'll never forget this. This guy hollers out at me, and he says, I know who you are. And I kind of turned around and looked. It got real quiet in that room. I turn around and I look, and he says, I know who you are. He says, do you know so-and-so? There's a guy that I ran with my bad years between like 19 and 20, 22 or whatever. And, you know, and, and, and I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. He goes, yeah, he told me all about you. I said, did he? I said, wow, man. I said, oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, I went to his funeral. I remember him. I, we buried him. I remember that guy. Yeah, vaguely, but I do. And this was a Baptist man, so he got what I, what, I was, what I was saying. Do you understand? You're not who you were. You're not what you buried. You're not what just affected you in life. You are who God says you are. There's more to well, him and and a life that we haven't discovered, if we'll just open it up and just begin to pursue. Say, God, I, man, I, can't, I don't want to do this thing without you. I want everything that you have for me. I thank you for saving me. Now I'm entered into this thing. God, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to hear your voice. I want to be led of your spirit. I want to be a witness of you and who you are. You're so good. You're so great. You're so awesome. You are the God and creation of all things. And God, there is an eternity. And right now, God, this what we do right here affects that. And all the people around me, all of my family that are unsaved, God, I, I got to see them. Come to Christ. God, help me to be a light. Help me to be that witness. For you didn't baptize me in the Holy Spirit just to get my will, my wants, my desires done on earth as it is in heaven. No, I want your will done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to see what you desire come to pass. I want to fulfill your heart and your will. Use me, God. You know, I tell you, the Holy Spirit will help you, comfort you, give you peace, give you words to say that you don't even know beforehand in the moment. He'll help you. He'll change you. He'll identify you with who he says he is, with who he says you are. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, 
Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.